Welcome back to the Melrose Place podcast, where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every single episode of the hit 90s TV series, Melrose Place. I'm Jenny Hill. And I'm Dan Hill. Let's get started. Season four, episode one, Postmortem Madness, air date September 11th, 1995. Before September 11th meant something a lot different to us. Yeah, that's true. Before it was that, it, it was September the season 11th. premiere of Melrose Place season four. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What an ep. Welcome back. We we've been a, we've been gone a minute. Been gone a minute, but we got closure from our cliffhanger season three. We finally got it, and we didn't have to wait what three months. You guys only had to wait three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry for our little MIA, guys. Guys, we needed a break. We had to t- we had to go to Thanksgiving. We had to relax a minute. You know, we couldn't just up and roll into season four. But we're here now. We're rested and we're ready to take it on. So this, what's great is that this picks up immediately at the Kimberly Button push. Right. And if I was, you know, watching this now versus watching this probably in 95 was probably just like amazing. And the thing that was great about it too is that they showed you the perspective of every character involved in the explosion. Oh, so yeah, it's like, like movies do this. Yeah, so like you saw how Amanda reacted to it. You saw how Jane reacted to it. You saw how like Allison. Yeah, everybody's Sydney. experience and like what happened to them during the explosion. Mackenzie. It was it was amazing. It was great. So um, the first thing I wrote was Mackenzie takes a brick to the head. Yeah, she did not do so well. Wow, we like she got it arguably the worst because she's the only death out yeah. of the whole gang. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, Mackenzie died. She did. But so this starts off Kimberly has the has the button just like we saw in. Uh, season three finale she says well, no no wait it's worse we get the scowl she pushes the button and like kablam everyone explodes right uh kimberly's explosion like this is hard to cover i'm just like now realizing <laughs> but kimberly explodes and hers sends her into an olympic dive into the pool into the pool which i think is probably the best you know that's probably the best case scenario to like seek shelter if you're in a burning apartment complex. Right. And you just dive down and then 
Slide up. But she's unconscious. So yeah. she, <laughs> the, the blast renders her well, knocked yeah, out. Let me rephrase. You must remain conscious in order for that to be a great scenario. Otherwise, this is very bad. Yeah, that's, that's probably the worst <laughs> scenario for you. Right. Uh, if you fell into a pool and you're knocked out. So she gets blown into the pool. Then we've got, like, poor Allison. Jesus. She's, keep in mind, she's drunk as shit. And she just witnessed the love of her life marry this backstabbing bitch that she thought was her friend. And she even gave him the opportunity, like, Billy, run away with me. Come on. And he was like, get out of here. I'm good, mom jeans. (laughs) Bye, Felicia. (laughs) So she is very worse for wear. She's hammered drunk. She's also really angry. And that music is up super loud. Yeah, so she doesn't know. People are saying, get out of the apartment. And before she can, it, and we see this, this, I mean, for its day. They had, yeah. They, they, I would say that for its day, it was very on the cusp, like on the cutting edge of technology. But looking (laughs) down. That's lifetime. (laughs) Yeah. Now it's a, that's a it, lifetime little effect. Hallmark channel. <laughs> I'm a, we're gonna call that an, an effect without a T. <laughs> it was an effect. Yeah, that was a nice little effect. All right, <laughs> but it, like it looked like she was on a bungee and they just like jerked it back. Yeah, and she's like and that you, probably sucked for her and to be honest. It looked like that. she was on a green screen too because you could kind of see like the outline of her hair was like yeah, yeah, not yeah. like matching up to the background. You could kind of see like yeah. the cut out like like slight halo around her silhouette, which was kind of like that doesn't look real. Pretty cheesy. But so the fire blows her backwards, jerks her back and then we cut away Somehow, I don't understand this one, but like the explosion, like nothing went Amanda's way, but she just like, <laughs> like the she, force of the blast, she, like, yeah, she ducked and then just fell down the stairs slowly. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that? That is a weird reaction to an explosion. Like, I think it was, was the like, actual, like, force of the explosion that, like, put her made, backwards. It just made her fall down the steps <laughs> slow? And I think that was in slow motion. Uh, I think, like, they, they really did like, slow motion. This so we could sucks. get We could get, like, the full experience of yeah. how Amanda dealt with the blast. And I forget who said it, but if someone in our group, they were like, you know, Kimberly is real terrible at bomb placement because <laughs> virtually everyone survives <laughs> yeah. fairly except easily. Except Mackenzie. She took a couple bricks into <laughs> the back of her her noggin. And um bad way to go. Jane ill affected, and then like like Michael is like shielding her like face. From it, or is that Amanda? No, that was Amanda. Yeah, so like Michael-, Michael ushers Amanda out of the complex, and for whatever reason, he like sticks his hand in front of her face, like, don't look. Yeah, maybe this is too odd for you to see. <laughs> maybe he thinks it's like the same effects of like looking at an eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> like- 
<laughs> he really just does not want her to it visually. It's very weird. It's too much for her psyche. Now, Dan, we can't forget that Allison is in her apartment. Her mm. apartment is on fire. I would say that Allison's apartment probably got the brunt of the blast. Like, yeah. it's like ground zero. And she's really not done much to Kimberly to deserve this. Oh, no. Remember Kimberly says that it's under Allison's apartment because she lives next to Matt. Right. I think like I think that was her reasoning. Fuck. It's like then why not put it in Matt's apartment? But it was in Allison's apartment or like around it. Mm-hmm. And so she is on she's unconscious as well. Her whole apartment is on fire. Billy catches wind that Allison is in her apartment, so he runs into the burning building in an attempt to save her. And what's her face? Brooke, under protest, is like, Billy, don't leave me. Don't worry about anybody else but me. (laughs) Keep in mind, I was telling Jenny when we were rewatching this episode, this is Billy and Brooke's wedding night. Yeah, they just got (laughs) married Hours previously. And they were only there to get the tickets to go to Hawaii. Damn tickets, man. Those goddamn tickets. Wrong place, wrong time. So Billy's like, he ditches Brooke. He's like, peace. He's the hero. He saves Allison. He takes her out of the burning building just in time for the firefighters to arrive. Mm -hmm. They're assessing the situation. Those firefighters, they come in like bosses. There's a lot of good like imagery of like, the fireman. Like, well, what I you go over here, <laughs> you go over there. Everyone on here. What I love too is that you know how in the courtyard of Melrose Place there's those like double barn doors. Mm-hmm. It's like they're shut, and then all of a sudden you see like the fire chief come in and he like swings them both open. He's like, <sighs> "We've arrived." <laughs> What's up? Um, I. It's not. It wasn't in Michael's character to be so helpful. He's so slimy at this point. I feel like he would have just like left. But Peter is very heroic. Right. In all of his Or is he? Well, he he was helping um he was he was in the middle of helping Joe. Joe. Mm -hmm. Because she had just gotten her ass. Beaten into the inch of her life, man. Yeah. So he's helping her. Then the explosion happens. And then he's like, I got an Olympic dive into this pool. But that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, this woman, Kimberly, purposefully blew up the entire building. And he, his instinct is to save her. Yeah, because he's a good doctor. Well, aside from... I gave Dan the weirdest look right there. Like, what from, are you talking about? Aside from attempted murder on Amanda, yeah, he's pretty good. He's great. So he does save Kimberly. He's able to revive her. And then we cut away because we did not have one tragedy unhinging, bef- like unfolding before us in the season three finale. We had another crazy catastrophe. We were in mid Air, mm. Jess and Jake falling to the ground after a crazy brother, big brother versus little brother fight on a roof. Fight to the death on steel beams. Now, we go there and they've landed, but one of them didn't make it. Jake, essentially what we can gather here is that Jake used 
Big Brother's body as a landing. Like a safety raft yeah. <laughs> to land on. So in reality, this should have resulted in like Jake landing fine and uh, Jess like exploding on impact. <laughs> like he should be really splattered on the cement. Well, there is blood and we get a shot of Jake kind of like on top of Jess and all of the other like work crew members are crowded around them. And then he's like, Oh, there's blood. Is he, is he? And then one random like work guy goes, yes, son, he's dead. He's dead. Now, I have a couple questions about this. No, Jake goes, he's dead. And then the guy goes, yes, he is. Doesn't the guy call him son? (laughs) Maybe. Okay, let me just like, like break this down. So you have like, let's say you're one of these like work dudes crowded around this horrible tragedy that just happened. Up until a few minutes ago, you're working your shift. You've got this new guy, Jess, that's like working beside you. And then all of a sudden you see this guy enraged run up to Jess and they get into an altercation. And all you know is that because of this guy's arrival, your new coworker is now dead. Yeah. Wouldn't you be like, (laughs) um... Cuff him. Somebody hold him down. We're calling the police. Yeah. This guy just came in here and accosted this man in his workplace, which resulted in his death. This random guy just killed another random guy, but I've known the other random guy for For a little longer, for a little bit longer. But instead they're like, yes, we're all crowded around you, Jake, to make sure that you have the support that you need during this time. It just seems very weird to me. It's very strange. So we, we get closure there. Jake lives. Jess does not. Now we go to the credits. Guys, we have new shots. Brand new credits. Brand new photos. Brand new look at the camera. It needed it. It really did. We needed it. Matt's, I mean, remember Matt's old one where he's just like forlornly looking into the ground? Look down at nothing, be sad. (laughs) Now look up at another nothing and be also sad. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. And then Hermit on that dinner date from forever ago. Yeah, I mean, I was actually thinking about that in this episode, like... Whoa, Allison's hair has come a long way. Yeah. I'm re- and I'm very no happy more, for her. No more Billy reaching out to touch that dude. And the dude's like, oh. what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> the fuck off of me, weirdo. Yeah. There's, they, they've definitely gotten upgraded. And we have a couple of new people on the regular roster. That frankly should have been there. Yeah. Marsha, welcome. Yeah. You needed to have been there season two. Top of yeah. top of the season, but I'm glad now she's season four. Kristen Davis is in. Brooke is a mainstay, guys. She's in. She's not I'm going anywhere. It. I'm happy about I it. I know you are. Not very happy about Jack, though. Jack is here to stay. And it's his Beatles hair. <laughs> Jack's got the Beatles mop. Hey, what are the Beatles Jamaican? <laughs> Hey man, I am the Beatles. Hey Jude, (laughs) (laughs) 
No, Jenny. <laughs> you gotta be more nasal. Sorry, you are the impression master. But so Jack Jack Wagner's in, and those are our credits. Now, enough of that. Jump into the the ambulance is now taking Allison to the hospital. Um, Brooke is very, she is like super selfish in these emergency situations because she doesn't want anyone working on Kimberly. Oh, She's really? like, yeah, she's like, Billy, my husband has burns. Why are you working on her? She did the um, detonator. Like she's pissed. I'm sorry. She has the point. This woman just tried to murder everybody here. Let's let that bitch die. Honey, if we were in a hospital, I'd be vouching for you and being like, take care of my husband now. I guess. But still. You need a brook in your corner when you when shit hits the fan. No, because when it's when it's done hitting the fan, then you have to go home to that bedroom. <laughs> and to daddy. Yeah. No thanks. I do not need a brook. But um Richard Hart. Richard is at the hospital with Jane. And guys, he gets some pretty bad news. Yeah, doctor comes out and he's like, excuse me, um, who are you? He's like, she's my wife. <laughs> and Jane's like, God damn it. <laughs> and he gets told, um, I'm sorry, but your wife sustained severe trauma via I brick. I think they said she had a heart attack, Dan. She had a heart attack? I think that was her cause of death. So she got hit with a brick and had and a heart attack? And had a heart attack. <laughs> I, I think that's Not what they said. Not to make fun of it. Like <laughs> she instantly what... got hit with a brick and had a heart attack. Uh, maybe we have to rewatch it, but I swear, I think he said that your wife had a heart attack. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a way to go. <laughs> Head hit. And so I love, okay, his reaction to the news that his wife is dead. Yeah, he's like, I'm sorry, your wife is dead. (laughs) Two fingers to the lips and then just like limply falling down. And then he said, oh, he's, there's what makes me mad. He says, what am I going to do? Which is a natural sort of reaction. Like, oh my God, my, my world is... In shambles. Is blown into smithereens. Yeah. And then Jane looks at him and says, it's not your fault. Who said it was, bitch? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking You're about? You're taking a lot of issue with Jane. I, I just don't understand why that's the first thing you go to of like blame. You know, it's not your fault. Yeah, I know. I'm still upset. But it kind of is. It's his fault? A little bit. What? Because he was over there? Well, he's having an affair with Jane, and then Mackenzie's catching wind of it. He is over at Jane's house doing a little behind-the-back whatever, and Mackenzie goes there to confront them, and Mm. had he not been having an affair with Jane, Mackenzie wouldn't have been there. Okay, that makes a little more sense, but I don't know. I still don't like it. Um, Matt... Now, Matt was not at Melrose Place, even though, what, four out of the five bombs were placed for him? (laughs) Right. Um, He's calling his parents from a payphone 
to tell them that he's in jail currently for murder. I like he says, I'm in trouble, kind of. I'm in trouble, kind of. Saying I'm in trouble, kind of, when you're in trouble for murder. For is bit of an understatement, but yeah. okay. So he says he didn't know who to call. He's in county jail. He's been charged with murder. So his father says, don't worry. He's going to call a lawyer right away, and we're going to get, get out of there. We're going to do what we have to do. And he says, thanks, Dad. And we cut to the next scene. Hospital. Here's where we hear Mackenzie is dead. She had a, yeah, you're right. She had a massive heart attack at the scene. Ha! So if the bricks didn't do her in, the, the heart attack the did. The heart attack would. Yeah. This is just too much for the explosion. And now, maybe the brick put her out of their misery, though. Maybe. Now, also in the hospital is Jake. Because... Right. You know, he had that tumble. He used Jess as his flotation raft to absorb all the shocks. And he he's sustained a broken leg. And he's I'm, healing up. I'm sorry here, but Jake's room should be crawling with police. Agreed. He maybe should be cuffed to the bed, you too. Are <laughs> at, you went to a construction site. You harassed somebody on their work shift, and it resulted in their death. Yeah. So Billy comes in, and he wants to know, like, what happened? Are you okay? And Jake breaks it down for Billy. Yeah, he gives him the lowdown. He says, "Um, we fought, and we fell, and he died. That's it. The (laughs) end. Uh, my question, I had a que- I wrote down a question here. Where, at this point in time, we've, we've seen the rest of the episode, but like, I wrote, where is this episode going to be? Like, there's no building anymore. I, I, I was really puzzled as to like, so what now? There's no Melrose place for any of these people to be at. Uh, the hospital. Yeah. We're at the hospital all the time. And this is the natural place for them all to go. Yeah, but I didn't know, like, all right, so is this entire thing just going to be a hospital episode? We've well, never had that. Kind of, sort of. I mean, all of the major characters are in some sort of medical trauma, yeah. save for Matt. Okay. And then shouldn't Jake's doctors be like, weren't you here just like last week for a gunshot <laughs> Wow, that gunshot wound yeah. healed so quickly. Like, I'm sure the doctor came in and was like, oh, uh, is it you have more issues with your gunshot? Oh, no, you fell from a from a <laughs> from building a this time. beam and killing the person and, you landed on. Okay, right. great. Got it. You are having a real rough, rough week, pal. Yeah, because honestly, w- the time elapsed between the two, uh, not even a week. Not even. Maybe... Like, he knowing Jake, he probably still has the hospital bracelet on. Probably from and they're like, "Oh, you're here for a gunshot." No, that was yeah four days week. ago. How's your <laughs> hip, by the way? That is a really <laughs> tough fall for the gut. Yeah, Jesus, man, more more reason to believe that Jake is a superhero. He cannot die. So Allison, no, we're not at Allison. We're at Detective Cahill. He drops in to talk to Jake about the fight. Well, thank goodness someone's following up on it. Yeah, that needs to happen. Now, Allison, she is also in the hospital. She's resting well. She has cuts and bruises and a concussion. And 
The damage to her face currently is inconclusive. Right. And Brooke, she only wants to take care of Billy and doesn't want, she doesn't want to open up her house to anybody else. She's saying, Billy, come on, just let's leave the hospital. We're both good. Let's go home. Billy sort of wants to like stick around and see what's up with all his pals. And she's like, no, 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 let's just go. And he's like, can everyone come to your house? And she's like, fuck no. (laughs) Well, that leads us to Michael volunteering. Well, it's not really Michael. Joe pretty much volunteers his beach house for Amanda and Sydney and herself to go stay in. Because these people are homeless. Yeah, so she Sydney catches like the tail end of Amanda passing up free breakfast at Peter's. And Sydney's like, I want free breakfast. I would love free breakfast. Why aren't more cops talking to Sydney also? Sydney shouldn't be allowed to go far. Neither should Michael, because they were both captives of Kimberly pre-explosion. I mean, that that's a great question. They probably <laughs> yeah. need to know like what happened. Yeah, what what's going what ha- what's going on? What's going on at this point? But Sydney's pissed. She's like, I need free breakfast. And then um, Michael suggests, all right, why don't all you th- two ladies who I've had sex with <laughs> and Joe come to my place at the beach house and we can sort of recharge your batteries. And they all, they all, they go, but reluctantly, because Amanda's sort of like, I don't want to go anywhere with you. We've had some issues and I almost got electrocuted in a hot tub. So it's the next day, and we are back at Daddy's house with Brooke and Billy, and they're having breakfast. And Brooke's dad is trying to wrap his head around the trauma that has occurred. He wants to know, why were you there? This is one of the most shocking things I've ever heard. He's being less than supportive of both of them. Right. So they explained that the tickets were left there and they had to go back to the apartment complex to get their plane tickets to go to Hawaii. And it just so happens, wrong place, wrong time. Kablamo. Yeah, they're caught in the middle of it. So, But bro- now he's, he's like, well, you guys should go to Hawaii now. Go right now. Next plane out. And Brooke, Brooke is into it. She's, she's feeling the idea. And Billy is more or less like... Uh, I want to wait this out. Honeymoon can wait. I've got a lot of friends who are still hurting. They've been, they've been displaced and people are like physically like in pain. He wants to be there for them. Right. And Brooke's dad is not happy about this to say the least. Why is Brooke's dad such a dick? Why is he so involved in like them going on a honeymoon? Yeah. Who cares? If you're that balling. If you're that rich, it doesn't matter when you go or how you go. It's silly. So we go to the next scene, which is Allison. And she's in her room in the hospital. And she's kind of learning the extent of her injuries. And they still don't know the damage to her eyes until they peel away the bandages. Right. So she has like bandages wrapped all around her head and they're telling her that she suffered a lot of trauma and a lot to her face and eyes. When the bandages are removed, she kind of looks around and realizes she can't see. 
Now we're told <laughs> that there are bleeding in the eyes and they're thinking that the blood is going to reabsorb back into her body. It's bilateral vitreous hemorrhages. Oh, yeah. Look at that, Dan. <laughs> yes. And um, Allison says, is that doctor talk for blind? <laughs> <laughs> the doctor is basically like, yes. And they it's say, well, blindness. it could be temporary. It could be a week. It could be longer, but we can't promise anything. And then we get Allison's like favorite panic mode. Like, oh God, oh God, great. oh God, oh God. How I'm, I'm very still puzzled how the explosion was just very centralized on Allison's eyeballs. eyeballs. I, you know, <laughs> Like it was, Maybe she it's like only the, got exploded on in the face. Well, they said that it's, Why is her it's face not blood burnt? in the eyes. Her face looks pretty messed up. You got blood in She's your eyes. She's got a lot of cuts, a lot of bruises. How'd she get blood in her eyes? I think it's like an internal injury of the eye. That blood is blocking your cones or whatever allows you to see. All right. So I knew it. Allison, blind. You knew it. That was part of my predictions. Um, so she is doctor talk for blind, um, chance that she could see again, and it could take weeks or longer. We're still at the hospital, but we go to the psych ward. But before we do that, we get something we've never freaking seen before on Melrose Place. Tell me. Our first pre-commercial break. Oh, God. Wait, so, all right. It's a pre-commercial break. Of an epic scene that just occurred. So, but Dan, it's <laughs> black and white, very grainy, With and the then logo. like slow motion, and the logo up in the yeah, middle like center. logos in the in the front. So we get to relive that crazy scene, but like in just grainy slow mo. Uh, now I'm trying to put myself into the mindset of the creatives behind this. And I always try to do that. I try to put myself in the in the room when they're cooking this shit up. And all I can think of is like someone being like, "Hey, man, so like, I thought it'd be cool if you know, like, if something crazy happens or something big happens, we show it again, but in black and white, slow, and then a commercial. What do you guys so think? So it that? really like sinks in to yeah. the viewer. What do y'all think of that? And someone was like, that's brilliant. They greenlit it. Why and they the went fuck? with it. And I don't know why. We I just saw that. <laughs> I mean, seconds before. Yeah. I just saw that. I don't need a reminder. It was bad. It's very bad. Guys, I think it's here to stay, though. Oh, I, we're not feeling that. We're not feeling that. So back to the psych ward. Kimberly is recovering Yet she has no memory of the blast and her involvement. Peter is outside of her room getting debriefed on exactly how batshit insane Kimberly is. And he's like, okay, so she's pretty, she's pretty nutty at this point. They say yes. Peter enters and Kimberly is just perched up on the bed on her knees. Now that is a little crazy. And she's like, they're saying there was an explosion and that I had something to do with it. Why did they stick me in a straight jacket? This is all Dr. Mancini's fault. And then Peter's like, um, 
Yeah, I was kind of there. I saw you do it, Kimberly. No, I couldn't do it. I never wanted to hurt anybody. She, she's like, I'm not going to let you trick me. <laughs> she claims like he's working with Michael and that. And then she just has this massive freak out. Now, for some reason, Peter is like telling her that it's okay. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to protect you. He's somehow grooming her to like... For what? Probably to fuck up Michael at some point. It's just like, for what? So he is on her side. He is going to advocate for her. He's already doing this. And he is now just kind of being her support system and sounding board while she has this major freak out about this denial of having anything to do with the explosion. Right. Or maybe he's protecting her because... Her testimony helped him get his license back. You know? I I don't think you would care about that. I don't know. But I have a problem with this whole Kimberly issue. So she doesn't remember blowing up the building at all, correct? Well, that's what she says. That's what she's saying. And her, so her split personality to this point is mirror based. Where, and what I mean by that is she only sees it and hears it and speaks to it if there's a mirror present. You mean Kimberly? <laughs> Kimberly. So, so it's mirror-based, right? I think so. It's all mirror-based. So, like, that's that's not how this has worked before. What do you mean? So like are you she, saying she just needs to look into a mirror and then even in then the, he'll come out and tell her what she did? Well, the the slight instances where he was around telling her to do stuff that she was almost going to do, she remembers like the argument and the conversation. Like when 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 it's telling her the mirror buddy is telling her to pick up the scalpel and and stab uh, Sydney. Right. She she's like knowing farewell that that like she has the knife in her hand and and then puts it down well think of it like this her intent was to die like she wanted to die from the explosion and she didn't so is this just another one of her plans to feign being crazy psychotic yeah so she doesn't go to jail for the rest of her life yeah maybe that's it maybe she's playing them yeah. But I mean, I just I like the I wish she had a mirror. So we could If only s- we had the mirror, then we would know for sure if Mirror Buddy was still around. Right. Maybe the explosion killed him too. Cuz I mean, <sighs> I hope not. Driving crazy makes him freak out and run away. <laughs> who knows? Who knows what it is? Who knows what a knock to the head and fall, yeah. fall and pull. Kimberly, don't <laughs> stop making weird turns. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> Uh, so Jane and Richard are having an OJ and Jane has an idea to keep Mackenzie, the idea of Mackenzie alive, but not publicizing her death. She thinks that this is somehow going to help her brand that if people don't know that Mackenzie Hart has died, that they would release the spring collection just as planned and, Easy peasy, they continue on. Now, Richard is all of us in this moment because 
who cooks up this idea this close to within hours yeah, of someone dying. This is really silly of Jane to even suggest this, but um, yeah. And then she's like, "Let's go back to business as usual." And he says, you are talking about business in a time like this. And Jane responds by saying, well, I'm only trying to do what's right. And Richard then asks, yeah, for who? Yeah, dude. We just met. Now, remember, Matt is in jail waiting for his hearing for his um, what will be a murder trial. But he gets a visitor from his mom with a woman named Alicia Barnett, who we find out is an attorney that Matt's father has hooked him up with. Now, this woman is played by Anne Marie Johnson, and she is, like, in everything. Think about, like, think about a show. She is in it, man. It's SVU. An, um, I think so. She's in NCIS Los Angeles, Grey's Anatomy, Children's Hospital, Pretty Little Liars, uh, Murder in the First, uh, NCIS, Bones, um, That's So Raven, Girlfriends. She's in a lot of stuff. Dharma and Greg, Jag, In Living Color. She's doing big things. And she's in Melrose Place for like several more episodes, Mm. which may be an indication of What's how Matt's trial is going to go. Yeah, but she's a she's a big time defense attorney. And like Matt's mom, like tries to put her on the phone first. And Matt's like he he, Matt's in like swim dis mode. Yeah. Where he's like, no, 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 I'm not talking with you. Put my mother back on, please. Because not present at this little meet and greet is Matt's father. And he has taken a lot of issue with this. He wants to know where is dad. And she's like, he couldn't make it. His mother says that, you know, with your lifestyle choice and the your insistence of trying to be so public about it. He's still trying to figure it out. And figure what out. Matt is like, uh, what does my being gay have to do with anything with this situation at hand? He's like, I like dudes. That's it. Uh, but I'm on, I am being accused of murder now. So let's put yeah. that aside and really like delve into this awful tragedy that's happening in my life. Yeah. I want the like, support of my family right now. This isn't like a swim meet or like the big soccer game. Yeah. Like dad didn't come like on. Gra- oh, yeah, graduation. This isn't that. Your son is gonna like could get put to death yeah he could face life in prison daddy didn't make it that's very bad in life so advice out there now matt of course is very upset to hear this he says that he was framed by a lunatic who wanted to kill his wife now upon saying this his mom just says oh matt kind of like that's bullshit. Yeah. And it's just like, why you actually believe your son could murder somebody? Right. And and now Matt sort of believes that his mom, his dad, and the lawyer care more about not letting a lot of people know that he's gay versus him not being a killer. 
like him being completely innocent. They would rather him plea out and avoid the the, the public shame. The public. Now Matt has like a breakdown here, and he oh epic. He goes off, says, "Get out of my face! Get out of my sight! Get out of my life! Get out of my life! Go!" Go! Yeah, I don't need this. And Matt, you do need this. If you don't, yeah. if you don't have this, then you're on your own. Right. So mom leaves in tears. Matt goes back to his cell. Matt gets so triggered. He really does. And when like, he does, he flies off the handle. The, yeah. You would never think that someone like Matt would be like that. Like it could eruptive. be one. It could be one thing. And he's like, Wah! yeah. I know. Like he freaked out on Rhonda a lot. I I remember. He would freak out on Amanda. He just, he flies off at the handle, man. You should see somebody about that. We now go back to Allison in her recovery room at the hospital, and Jane is paying her a visit. Allison's rocking some nice blind Ray Charles shades at Ray, this point, isn't she? No. No, she's not. That's later. Jane comes in with her Copacabana outfit and she's bringing a huge arrangement of roses. And this is when she says, sorry, sorry how I treated you at the wedding. And then Jane says, well, I would have blown up too if I were in your shoes. And then they realize, oh, wrong choice of words. Because <laughs> we were both cool. in a crazy explosion that someone died in. Blow up jokes. Oh, <laughs> <Jane>. And then <laughs> Allison says, well, I was actually blown out of my shoes. <laughs> oh my How are you doing, Jane? Are you injured at all? No, I'm fine. But my boss died. <laughs> and then my boss Allison's died. just like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, no follow-up questions. Did she die in the explosion? Did right. she die of, like, how did she die? Did Kimberly and, have anything to do about this? And I've been in China, so who's your boss? <laughs> yeah, and the lack of concern of, like... How the, was China? The lack of rage toward Kimberly is very puzzling to me. Like, all of these people... Like, Allison could be permanently blind, and it's just, like, she's saying you know, something like this is really helping me to see what's really important in life. You know, not like, fuck Kimberly, I want to kill yeah. that bitch. She took my sight away. Yeah, I'd be talking to a lawyer right now. Oh, me too. lawsuits. Because Kimberly's got money. She got, She's a doctor. She's got a house on the beach. I'm going to be coming for that. Be coming after that. So, yeah. Billy um, pops his head in and he's like, oh, hi, Allison, can I talk to you? Billy's just rocking the, the double gauze uh, armbands. Yeah, because he, you know, he in saving Allison, he this got injured. This fire was very specific with where it just hurt people. hands. <laughs> Like, just arms. It That's just it. got Billy in both his arms. It just got Allison in the eyes. In the face and the eyes. It just got Mackenzie with a heart attack and a brick. <laughs> and it just made Amanda trickle down the stairs. That's about all that got hurt. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of weird. And it just pushed Kimberly into the pool. Yeah. What a this fire is really lame. Really tame. Well, like the whole Half of Melrose Place is gone. True. Now, 
Billy peeks his head in and then Allison says, can we have a moment? So he leaves. And then Allison says to Jane, could you keep the details of my blindness and possible recovery between us? And then Jane delivers a smile. Like, like a knowing smile, like, oh, yes, I know how you can manipulate people by lying to them about you being sick. Yeah. Of course. It's like, cool, you want to fuck with people about this? <laughs> I'm with you. Don't worry. <laughs> God, I got your back. So they are in cahoots, and then Billy strolls in. Yeah, so Jane leaves, and Billy's like, Hi, um, I heard your your face and your eyes aren't doing so good. Yeah, back to Andrew Shue playing like old Billy that we hate and being just this very timid like, <laughs> hello. Now, meanwhile, Allison looks like the exorcist. Like she looks like freaking Reagan from the exorcist. Her makeup, it looks great. I mean, it does look very convincing that she's been through um, a struggle. And she says, well, I can't see Billy. And he said, and she goes on to say, you know, I, I heard that you saved my life. I mean, I'm alive. At least I got that. And I have you to thank for that. And she says, stop pitying me and go on your honeymoon. Well, and so he says, well, what do you want me to do? And she says, well, don't worry about me. I hope you and Brooke will be very happy together. And then Billy says, oh, Allison, I'll always care about you. And that's when she says, stop pitying me and go on your honeymoon. And then he tries to say, like, retort by saying, like, Allison, I would never leave you. I don't want to go on my honeymoon. And she says, you married somebody else, okay? That's what you wanted. And you got it. So leave me alone. Yeah. He's just, you can't have your cake and eat it too, eat it too, pal. You told her that it's done. You told her again it's done at your wedding when she tried to stop it. And now you want to be like by her side at this point in time, nope. The flowers are good enough here, pal. You can. You're relieved of your duties. We're back at Melrose Place, where Amanda is there with an insurance adjuster assessing the damage to the property. We see that virtually half of Melrose Place is blown away. It mm. just looks like the structural beams, like the the actual like framing of the building is there and everything else is just burned Cooked. away. Toast. Now at that moment, Jake is returning back to Melrose place. He's just been released from the hospital. He heard about the explosion, but didn't really understand the extent of the damage until seeing it for himself. Now, Jake, he's got some, some cuts and bruises. The only sign of his injury is he's walking with a cane. Right, he's walking, and he has like a cast, like a a casty thing, like a brace, I would say, on his leg. And he's limping in. Amanda asks, well, what happened to you? He says it's a long story. He We learn that his section of the complex was not really harmed. So the the building is stable. He can go in. He can he can live there. Yeah, Amanda was like, well, if you can deal with power going in and out and water possibly not working for 
days. Sure, you can live back here. Have at it. It just doesn't seem correct that people could continue living there. No, she... It's like a an active crime scene. Yeah, Amanda probably has a good insurance on the building. She needs to collect that and put all of her tenants up in hotels until this thing is completely... Yeah, in the meantime, she's like, yeah, everyone's bunking together and staying at the wing that that didn't get blown up. No, that's not how it goes. Now, as Jake is trying to unlock his front door, Joe comes around the corner. Now, we learn Joe has been looking for Jake everywhere, and she doesn't know the details about Jess. She's like, Jake, I've been looking for you. Uh, What's going on? How's Jess? And he's... Jake delivers the news that he's just like... He's dead. Jess is dead. (laughs) Bye. It was an accident. The cops are calling it self-defense. Wait, what? How did this happen? You have to tell me I'm a part of this. Please. And... Jake looks at her and says, it's over and in the past. (laughs) I need to move on. This is finished. Get out of my way. Is this guy the Terminator? (laughs) (laughs) Like what? Where is the human like compassion and decency? Or is, he, or is well, this just whole thing made him cold as look, ice? Look, he pretty much was responsible for killing his brother, even though the egregious things his brother did to him, his business, mm-hmm. to Joe, he pretty much was the cause of his brother's death. You got to think of it like that. So he's probably going through a lot of grief, a lot of guilt, and then Joe says oh my gosh, this is all my fault. If I hadn't gotten involved and uh, this wouldn't have happened. And she is right. But then Jake is like, no, it's fine. It's nobody's fault. It's done. It's finished. It's over. Get out of my face. He goes into his apartment and she's left by herself. I would look at her and say, yeah, it kind of, it really is your fault. And you, you had sex with my brother. I told you before you did it to stay away from him, that he's a freak. Then he kicks your ass, tries to make you his wife, and then I have to fall off a building and land on him to live. (laughs) This is your bad. You are totally responsible for this. So we get another commercial break with... Of the argument. Of the argument. But remember, it's grainy black and white and in slow motion. So really just emblazon that into your brain. And in case you forgot how bad Grant show looks and hats, they show you again. Yeah, we got to know. So next scene, we're with Matt, who has changed his mind about the lawyer. She's back there to help him out. Alicia's on his side. He says that he was thinking about firing her altogether and getting a public defender. It's like, Matt, stop thinking. What's wrong? For your, like, stop what? thinking for yourself. Okay. Don't do that. He says, I didn't know if I could trust you, but I read up on you. It seems like you have a really legit reputation and we got to get, I got to get myself out of this. Like I did not do this. Yeah. He says, if you want to work with me, you need to understand that I didn't do it. Understood? No, please. I didn't do it. Now, the great news is, is that Alicia has done some preliminary research and she's found out that a lot of witnesses can place both Paul and Matt together, which makes his whole little stalking story hold a lot less water. She might as well have said like, so Matt, in my preliminary research, it looks like you didn't do it. And 
But here's what's going on. There's a downside. Now, it, yeah, now it looks like they plotted it together. Right. So Paul and Matt decided to off Paul's wife and that they were both complicit in this little murder plan. So Matt is very worried, as he should be. But Alicia's advice is to wait until the bail hearing. We have to really see what the judge is going to say. If we can bail you out, you're not a flight risk. We will. But there's really not much we can do at this stage. So that's where we are with them. Where does the term hold a lot of water come from? And why is that like good? Dan, (laughs) it's definitely, it's going to be one of the topics on my idioms for idiots Uh, (laughs) podcast. Like it's (laughs) like, so it's great for something to hold a lot of water. Yeah. But if it doesn't hold water, like if you had a pail that had a hold in it, a hole in it, it couldn't hold water. So it's. But it's funny that that's the benchmark for goodness, for like doesn't hold water for things that are. I really swear, cool. one of these days, I want to start a podcast that explores the origins of idioms and why we use them. Like someone's just walking around, like now that that, that holds, holds water. A lot of that water. holds water. I need like that. that's legit. Yeah. Good question. Dan, you can be my first guest on this podcast and we can, that will be the one we'll explore. That sure. That and beating a dead horse. Let's get into that one too. Yeah. I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I will. Who wants to beat a dead (laughs) horse? Oh, I know uh, Scott free. That was taxes on the Scott. Okay. English taxes. I like it. Well, so like they were exempt. Dan, you see, there's lots of material here. They were exempt. So they were like, they're getting off scot-free. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't they pay taxes? Yeah. It's a good idea. Kind of good. Thank you. S- sort of you don't know ish, but all right. Okay. So next up. So Matt's story does, it holds more water. At this point, then Paul's, his story does not hold a lot of water. We now go over to Wilshire Memorial, where we're back in the recovery room with Allison. This is where she's rocking the three blind mice. The Ray shades. Charles, the Rays. No, they're like, like, this is the like Steve's. the epitome of what a blind person wears from like 1948. If Google was around then... You could Google glasses for the blind and these would pop up. Now, Amanda has come to pay her respects and she's brought along with her a nice arrangement of roses. Allison is not happy that she's there. She's like, oh, God, Uh, Amanda, I can recognize you by your voice. What do you want? She says, why don't you bring those flowers to the nurse station? And then Amanda says that when the money comes through from the insurance... That she's going to revamp the building and um, and make it safe for blind Alice. She said, I'm going to pay extra attention to your unit. And then Allison says, oh, well, what does that mean? You're going to add handrails and guard dogs? And she's like, if that's what you need. <laughs> then yes, sure. Right. So while, she, while Amanda is in her room, a huge arrangement of flowers is wheeled in. Amanda exclaims, 
Oh, Allison, this arrangement is bigger than a Buick. You'll have to see this, which I think yeah, is like you got to see it. Artfully put in by Miss Amanda, and more evidence that she is Asperger's. Now, on the note that Amanda reads out loud, it says, "No matter what happens in our lives, I'll always be there for you." Love, Billy. Mm. And Amanda has to add her two cents by saying, see, he still cares about you. And Allison's had enough. She's, She's like, look, if you, you're done feeling better about yourself, you can leave now. See ya. And Amanda leaves. She's just like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to leave these flowers at the, at the bed here for you to smell and not see. <laughs> and she's gone. Now, we head back over to the psych ward where Michael Mancini is there to try to get the skinny on Kimberly. Yeah, he wants to discuss her state with another doctor who's been observing her. And Michael basically says again that she's batshit insane and he can't really afford treatment. So he wants her to get transferred to some like dingy hospital. He wants her to go to a state-run county hospital. Now... Thank goodness that Peter kind of walks up on this situation and hears the tail end. Dude, what happened to Peter's teeth? <laughs> what do you mean? They are jacked. He must have got fought in jail for those three <laughs> days he was in. Because I forget. Like, Is he really looking like a beetle now? He's <laughs> assumed the role of a beetle with a bad dental. <laughs> it's bad. Like I didn't notice. I didn't. Yeah, maybe we were looking at his hair the whole time, but now that his hair isn't the focal point, his he's got some chompers. Look, what the fuck? Like half of them are gone. Look, look. (laughs) You see that? It's like... For being a doctor, you need to go across the street. There's some crowding on the lower... Crowding? No, there's too much room. That's not crowding. Watch, Okay, leave them alone. I feel bad criticizing someone's looks. I do. I I actually see, like, it looks like a tooth is missing. Someone knocked his ass out in jail. For real. So Peter intervenes with this conversation and says that it's probably best that she stays there at the hospital where she can receive the best of care. And if the money is a problem for Michael, that he will pay for all of Kimberly's medical bills after insurance. Yeah. All Michael has to do is just keep away from her. Yeah. So again, we're seeing that Peter has a lot of uh, interest in Kimberly's well-being. So he's definitely plotting something against Michael and needs her for it. You know? I agree. It's got to be. It's got to be what's going on here. We're at the courthouse where Matt is attending his bail hearing. The people versus feeling. Oh! He's he's up for capital murder. And um, the defense... For Matt, like, having a low bail is that he's a social worker models and a model citizen. Not a flight risk, yet the judge sets his bail at $1,200,000. And immediately, 
his attorney just says, Your Honor, he would like to post bail now. And Matt's like freaked out by that. She's like, I don't have that kind of money. What? What's going on? I swim dissed my parents earlier. There's no way I could get some money out of them. And then Alicia says, your parents put up their house, Matt. They care about you more than you think. So daddy comes through in the clutch. That's another lesson for all you deadbeats out there. If you can't make it, pay it. You got to spend. Spend the money. What? If you can't make it to the game, if you can't make it to graduation, you best have some money. Oh, I gotcha. You know what like, I'm saying? To the parents. Right. Make up for it. So we go to Richard Hart and Jane, and they are at Mackenzie's brand new grave. We learn that from the tombstone or the, the headstone that like Mackenzie was like all old and fucked up and like old news. She was 40. 40 years old. That's it. And, and they're trying to be like, she was over the hill. Yeah. She was She was an old bat. They're like, you need someone your age. What do you like, mean? She's just 40. That's not bad. And that, but that is like super old to Melrose Place. Oh, yes. And Jane, like, it just ended, whatever. Like, I didn't, I didn't see many mourners around, but... Um, <laughs> Whatever sort of service they had just ended, and Jane is like, well, that's it. She's gone. <laughs> and Richard is like, I owe so much to her. I loved her, you know. And then that's when Jane still continues to go into this whole business mind, and she said, well, the only thing to do now is to get to work to honor her. Let's get to work and make her proud. Now, Richard <laughs> is like... I'm so sick of you. He's like, dude, go to hell, Jane. Can I mourn the loss of a good person? I just had to bury my wife and all you can think about is the company. And then she's like, no, Richard, I just want to make you happy. And he says, keep your clothes on, Jane. Yeah, she's coming on way too hot. I'm going to mourn the loss of a woman who knew how to be a human being. Patrick Muldoon needs a couple cl- courses. <laughs> just a couple. Just a couple. Just little tweaks. little refining of the yeah, acting. You know, as an actor, you are an instrument. And that act- instrument needs tuning. <laughs> and refining. <laughs> and sharpening. Sort of hone your craft. I bro. am so sick of you. Yeah. Be, <laughs> be a muscle. You know, you got to work it. Got to get the muscle memory. You can't just, you can't just go in there cold, buddy. Like you got to find something from your personal life and like use it. Yes. That's a big acting term. Use it. (laughs) Use this. Don't just read what's on the paper, bruh. Okay, so Matt is going to visit his parents to thank them for their sacrifice to get him out of jail. He encounters his dad at the front door. They hug, they make up, everything's good. Mom comes over. And this is this is a big deal for Matt, but not surprising. And I and I say that because Matt's parents have always come through for him. And we've seen this scene before in season one. Yeah. Yeah. Every time Matt's like, my parents hate me. And they're like, "Mm, no, they don't. (laughs) They want you in for Thanksgiving. They want you over for Christmas. They 
What was he mad at them again for? Um, him and his boyfriend with AIDS. They were like, oh, it's his friend. Oh, yeah. And then he was like, we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> My friend? We're out of here. But, like, they are, they're always cool with Matt. And they, they always help him. So, yay, Matt has a place to go. Yay. Now, Brooke and Billy are walking into Brooke's room. And they're, ta- <laughs> <laughs> they're talking. I guess they're coming from work. And I just, like, again, I always think of, like, timelines. So, the apartment exploded maybe 40 hours ago, like, day and a half. Maybe yeah. two days. And they're already back at work. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Well, they don't have much else to do. And if they stay there, they're just going to get yelled at by, by well, daddy. Well, that brings us to our next moment in this scene. <laughs> Dad comes into the room. Hey, Billy, why aren't you at your honeymoon with my daughter? <laughs> why is he so concerned about the honeymoon? Take my daughter to Hawaii now. He, the father comes in and says... Brooke called me during her lunch break to let me know you've posted <laughs> your face. Mm, mm, mm. You, you were in Hawaii yet. You've postponed the honeymoon indefinitely. You're going to apologize to me now in front of my daughter, and you're going to get on the next flight to Hawaii. And Billy grows the biggest pair of balls he's had for four, three seasons. And he do, he's not taking any shit. He says, you can wait till you're strapped in a wheelchair and spitting up peas. I'm not going to take orders from you and your sick little relationship with your daughter. Damn. And you, Brooke, I told you I didn't want your dad involved in our lives. And this is what you do. You tell him. And she's like, I didn't mean to say anything. He's like, whatever. Y'all do your thing. <laughs> but you're going to do this shit without me. I don't want to see him. While we're fucking on the bench outside watching, I don't want to see none of that. You know what? I could use a little Brooks dad in my life. If you want to pressure me to go to Hawaii, get on the next flight. Go to Hawaii now. This is an outrage. You better get. You're not in Hawaii yet. You better get your ass on that plane. I'd be like, bye. Yeah. Great. You know what? That's a great idea. I should be in Hawaii now. Uh, But I mean. Kudos to Billy for sticking up for himself and for his his new wife. Like that's got to be hard. You you lose your your place and now you're like living in your wife's bedroom that she was a kid in. Like you just got to grow up like very quickly in that house, man. Um, so now we go to Jess's funeral. You know what I'm coming to realize at Melrose Place is that. Mourners, no are mourners, tough to come by. No mourners, nobody. Just like Amanda foretold, he worked at that at Shooters for a minute. You'd think that like a bartender <laughs> or like a you know a, a waitress, he worked, a patron that would come in and like be friendly with him. Yeah, he worked at the the construction place for a couple days, two days. Yeah, the foreman didn't come by. Said, no one. Yes, son, he's dead. I would just come by to be like, yeah, I saw that guy like splatter <laughs> on the cement. You know? Yeah. So Jake's there. Jake is in fucking jeans. The the priest is like 
in the middle of talking and like this is not how it works. Jake just like gives him a wad of cash and walks away. <laughs> no one else there. And Joe actually walks up to the funeral and yeah. encounters Jake. And she's like, I thought I should like, you know, be around. And here's your mother's brooch back that Jess stole from well, you and gave to me. Well, Jake says, what are you here to weep over the man who almost killed you? <laughs> and Joe's like, no, Jake, I'm here for you. You know that. And he's like, you know what, Joe? I've been thinking and I'm thinking a lot about what you said the other night. Yeah, you're right. It is all your fault. I wouldn't be here if you just didn't stay out of Jake's of Jess's life like I told you to. Yep. Got a kind of a point. Got more than a point. She says, I'm sorry. And then he says, sometimes sorry just doesn't cut it. And he said, he tells her, I don't really care what happens to you. Yikes. That's bad. And then she doesn't hand him the brooch. She, she places it at his feet. Right. So you put something at the feet of a man who just fell like several stories. <laughs> He's going to have to bend down and pick it up. Yeah, he's walking with a cane down a hill. (laughs) You place this fucking physical challenge in front of him. If you want your mom's brooch, let's see how much you want it. Fucking bend down (laughs) with your cane and pick it up as I run to my car. How about a little help? How about a little help down this hill, bitch? Not cool. Not cool. Um... So Billy, he goes back to Melrose Place, which is um, a crisp. And Brooke knocks on his door with her like $5,000 luggage. Luggage set. In her like satin blouse. And um, she's like, hey, Billy, um, can I stay with you? I echoed your sentiment of shove it to my daddy and I left and I'm here because I want to be with you, my husband. Yeah. So it, even Billy looks at her and is like, so you want to stay here and where it, where looks it blew like, up? It's in, <laughs> it's in shambles. I don't know how it's this is livable. Safe. It's like completely charred inside yet. They're like, let's make a house here. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm here to rough it. And she's like, she's like, Billy, I'm just happy to be with you any place. It doesn't matter if it's not Hawaii. If this is where you want to be, it's paradise to me. And I wrote down, it is not better than (laughs) Hawaii. And they start making out in this like toxic environment. Right. Now, this is probably one of the most fucked up scenes in this episode. (laughs) Like... By far, <laughs> I would be livid if this happened to me. Sydney comes in from uh, into Melrose Place to see Amanda like sweeping up, and Sydney's like, "Man, this place is fucked up." <laughs> and Amanda's like, "Yeah, it sure is. This side of the building's good. This side is not." Um, BT Dubs, there's been some changes. We got a lot of people bunking up together, and looks like it's me, you, 
And um, Sydney's like, excuse me, I have a rental agreement, and I don't think that that's. Oh uh, no, 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 actually, no. a tragedy like this totally nullifies all agreements. So I've already moved in. Uh, I'm yeah. gonna take the bedroom. You're gonna sleep on the couch. Great news is you don't have to pay rent of your place. I would be like, Amanda, kindly go fuck yourself. Put me up in a hotel like you should as a landlord. This like, why isn't Amanda Moneybags Amanda, president of D and D, staying at the at Four Seasons? Yeah, yeah. This is a perfect time to just fuck off to Santa Barbara. Yeah, you 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 like like you do from time to time. Hire somebody. Where's the pool guy? <laughs> She's sweeping. She's never swept. Where's mullet guy with the doves? Yeah, why? <laughs> why is she doing all the heavy lifting? Yeah, get a team in there, Amanda. Weird. Very strange. But like, dude, that is a tall order. Then it doesn't hold a lot of water. Uh, see? Yeah. See? It does not hold I would be so pissed if I was Sydney. Now, Peter is back at the psych ward. He's visiting Kimberly, and she's just like laying like a rag doll, totally out of it on the bed. He's it's so boring in there. Like, if you're not psycho and you're in that room, you're going to go psycho. Yeah, yeah, totally. There's nothing to do. Now, Kimberly is racking her brain because she cannot remember the explosion. She remembers the days leading up but has no recollection of what happened and how she played a role in it. And Peter, he's like just hovering over her and he's like, have you gotten any, gotten any better? <laughs> and she's like, no, dude. Um, she's, yeah, like Jenny said, going through her days, trying to remember. She can't piece together what's happening. And she just, like, she just says that she didn't do it. And they Melrose Place loves this. They love like ending an episode with Kimberly like being crazy and talking to herself over and over again. And this time she's saying, I didn't do it. I didn't want to hurt anybody. I didn't do it. I didn't want to hurt anybody. I didn't do it. I couldn't. I wouldn't hurt anybody. Over and over again. Peter's like petting her hair. And I have more questions too. Like, <laughs> is this is this a wig? Is she always wig? For, for now <laughs> till forever? I don't know. Why didn't the wig fall off at the pool? Does her hair grow back now? Because Dan, think about it. That's been in the world of Melrose Place. Like a week. <laughs> no, when she, it's probably been about nine to 10 months, but in Melrose Place time, that's literally 14 years. Right. So <laughs> is this a wig? Is this not the wig? Let us know. Cause we are very confused, but that's where we end this one. So let's recap it. I'll start. I'll start. Allison's blind. <laughs> We have some. <laughs> I'm sorry to anyone who's blind listening to this. It's not funny to be blind. It's funny how Allison became blind and how she's dealing with being blind. Okay. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> we also have some casualties. Oh my God. Uh, Mackenzie Hart died in the explosion. It's very and dead. Death. Jess. Death. 
Jess died in the fight and fall. Jane is like thirsty to just start work. Peter has a diabolical. <laughs> what? Peter the Beatle. Peter has a diabolical plan involving Kimberly, but we have no idea what the hell he's doing. Yeah, that, that story did not advance at all. Billy stands up to daddy. Matt's parents put up their house to get him out on bail. Amanda and Sydney are roommates. Jake blames Jess's death on Joe. Um, that's all I've got. Billy stands up to Brooke's dad and she moves in with him. And then Kimberly has no memory of the explosion. Or does she? Or does she? 90s moments. I've got the Van Halen graffiti on the walls of Kelly nice. Rock. <laughs> yeah, you might as well jump. Hey, Van Halen. <laughs> I'm making this phone call right now from the pen, and I just want to draw band yeah, logos. Yeah, just gotta... <laughs> <laughs> Like, think about that. Somebody, what they're setting up here is that someone is on the phone speaking to someone. <laughs> Also has a pen. And it's like... (laughs) I always picture like people writing graffiti and they're just mad at shit. You know? They're never happy doing it. So I'm always like, Van Halen. I like them. I'm going to draw them on the wall. Um, What a 90s moment that I've seen is... Calling someone's sexual orientation a lifestyle choice. Mm, And then to that end, using the term fruit to describe a gay person. Damn it. I had that too. Mm. No one calls them fruits. Um, Jane Scrunchy. Along with her Copacabana tied shirt and choker. And just Matt, Matt being on a payphone. Matt's lawyer's shoulder pads. Ooh, that's good. I think that's it. The DA's goatee, very 90s. Brooke's Y necklace, and then Sydney's, oh, Sydney's belly shirt. Okay. Um, all these episodes deep down have a lesson, and me and Jenny, week in and week out, try to find those and bring them out to the forefront. So, Jenny, what is your lesson? Always double check that you have the important travel documents before you leave. That's a good lesson. Because honestly, if Billy and Brooke had not left those tickets at the Melrose Place apartment complex, they'd be enjoying a Mai Tai on the beaches of Maui. They'd just be good. This, This is the second group of people trying to get to Hawaii that don't. That just can't, they just can't make it to Hawaii. No one can get there. My lesson is don't try to rush back to normalcy. People need time to to heal and to um, uh, grieve. Hmm. And that that can, that's true with like Jake and, um, and Jane and, and Mackenzie. Yeah. Now it is time for... Bitch of the week! I'm a boss ass bitch, 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 bitch. I'm a boss ass bitch. Man, it's been a long time since we've done bitch of the week. 
but I would normally say last week, but several weeks ago for the season finale, Jenny nominated Jess for Bitch of the Week, and I nominated Henry, a.k.a. Mirror Buddy, (laughs) as the Bitch of the Week. And with this staggering 24 to 2. What? One of those two being me who voted. Uh, Jess is the bitch of the week. Jenny, you won. Heck yeah! And I also want to make mention that Gregory set up another poll within our Facebook group um, and wanted to discuss the worst people the most horrible human beings of season three and he put up several nominations we have um caitlin mills do you remember caitlin mills oh of course i do um emily poppins the baby thief oh (laughs) zach the party guy allison's little boo with the rings Uh uh-huh we got ricky we all remember ricky of course we do paul uh, Brittany Maddox. Remember Brittany? Did you say Terry Oaks yet? Terry. I'm saying Terry Oaks. And for the record, his last name is not Oaks, but it is now. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is bought in that he is like he part is Oaks. <laughs> twin Oak. <laughs> he is an Oak. <laughs> I love that that joke has stuck. Um, John Rawlings, the angry gay cop. Uh, Martin Abbott, he's up there. We've got Peter Burns, Chris Marchette. Like, dude, this season, like, I feel like some of this stuff was season two. Yeah, it's just like, whoa, that. But they're all. Emily Poppins was <laughs> this yeah. one? Um, the Carters. <laughs> the Ghost Carters. <laughs> uh, Susan, Susan Madsen. We've got Brooke. We've got Jess. And we've got Allison's father. Now, the winner of the most horrible human being of season three. And this is well-deserved, but Allison's dad takes it. So congratulations, everyone. We all have the proper morals here. Allison's dad was the fucking worst. He really was. He's terrible. So let's read your bitch of the week comments for the season three finale. Amanda says, dang it. I knew I should have trademarked mirror buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, girl. It was, it's a, it's, it's a good one. Noah says tough one. What's worse attempting to blow up a city block or domestic abuse. If you nominated Kimberly, I would have voted for her. But since Henry is a demented figment of her imagination, I'm going for Jess. Also, I have to give a virtual hug to Joe, who had the worst week. First, she gets beaten up by her boyfriend, and then her apartment blows up, all in the same day. And while I, too, may have shed a tear or two for Joe during that gut-wrenching scene when I first saw it, I certainly will not cry over never being able to see Jess in his hideous jorts again. Oh, God. Now, I... I, w- I don't agree. I think that um, I think Allison's had a pretty bad day slash week. 
She flew all the way back. She quit her job. She flew all the way back. She got dissed at a wedding. Then she fell off the wagon. And then she got went blind. Dan, Joe got her ass beat. Jenny, she's not blind. Being blind sucks. This was before we knew she got blind. She had heartbreak and being blind. Okay. Sherry says, I'm going to go with Jenny Hill on this one. Jess is bitch of the week for sure. The way he beat the hell out of Joe and abused her was so messed up on so many levels. And he did not respect Joe when she told him she was not ready for marriage and made her put that ring on her finger by force and punched her in the face. What a bitch. Jess was to do that to such a sweet woman like Joe. Jess, you are such a bitch to do that to my girl. And Jess also had the nerve to smile deviously at Jake when Jake showed him up at Jess's construction job to confront him about what he did to Joe. And he told Jake and he wished those men he had hired would have killed him at shooters. What a bitch Jess is to hire someone to kill his own brother. What a bitch Jess really is. So Jenny Hill, I agree with you for just being the bitch of the week. Also, Dan and Jenny, the original song heard at the beginning of this episode is called Love in the Big Town by singer Alana Miles. Just a little tidbit I thought you would both like to know. Of course, we love knowing that stuff. Thank you so much. Nikki says, Jess, it figures that he who wears jorts while swimming in a cement pond, would beat his <laughs> wife and try and murder his brother. Now, guys, I don't want you all roping in jorts with being a bad person. Oh, stop defending jorts, Because I love jorts. I just don't, I wouldn't wear them swimming. That's Is the problem. Stop making jorts happen, Dan. Jorts already happen, Jenny. Jojo says, without a doubt, Jess, abusing and battering a woman is the most despicable thing a man can do. He's such a douche for hitting on his brother's ex and then acting like he never cared about Jake. Like the part where he pretends to work at Shooters to help out. Ha! Episode retitle, Explosive Affair. Mm. I'm loving that, Jojo. Eric says, it's a tough choice, but I'm going to go with Henry. As, Kimber- as, as Kimberly's ghost demon life coach, he should be looking out for her and telling her to go after the one person she has a legitimate beef with, Michael. But instead, he decided that for the purposes of self-improvement, Kimberly should make four bombs and blow up an apartment complex. Plus, Kim's trying to kill people like Allison, Billy, and Jake. People that she never had a storyline with. Right. And that's just really rude. By the way, would Richard Hart give a job interview with someone who knocked the president of D&D on her ass just to get in an elevator with him? If instead of that person looking like Jane, the person looked like Henry? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Richard. No. Hello, Richard. (laughs) Hello, Richard. My name is Henry of Low Life Designs, and I'm inside you. (laughs) Perfect. Yep. Jamie says, definitely Jess beating a woman is always a bitch move, but the fact that he beat her because she rejected him is the epitome of toxic masculinity bitchiness. Mm. Rodney says, Jess sucks a bag of dicks. (laughs) 
Hopefully you guys now understand why I hated the character yep. so much after revisiting a certain scene. Yeah, he's the bitch of the week easily. Totally get it now, Rodney. But I love Kimberly's ghost demon life coach. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. That between Mere Buddy. That's, Mere that's tough. That's tough. Kimberly's ghost demon life coach. Well, Daniel, I know it's been a while, but it's time to nominate your pick of the week for the bitch. Okay. Um, Should I go first? Yeah, you won. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I'm the winner. You pick. <laughs> okay. Um, I am going to nominate Brooke's dad as the bitch. Why is he inserting himself into his daughter's life? I mean, we made jokes about him being creepy and watching Brooke have sex, but now I really feel like maybe he's got like some crazy weird operation happening at the hotel in Hawaii where he's like, I have my camera set up. You've got to go there now. Go on your honeymoon. He's a little I'm, voyeur. He, he's so strange. And the fact that he's trying to order Billy and Brooke around, they're they're grownups. They're married. Let them live their own lives. Why do you have to dictate everything they're doing? So for those reasons, I think that Brooke's dad is the total bitch of this week. Okay. I like that. What are you thinking, Dan? Um, my bitch of this week is Jane... Mancini oh. Andrews Hart. <laughs> <laughs> she does not get nominated very. No, and de- not a lot by me. And either. you could have thrown in Marchette too. Oh yeah, she was Jane Mancini Andrews Marchette Hart. Jane Andrews Mancini Marchette Hart. Ro- was she married engaged to Robert too? No, I don't think they no. were engaged. But um, yeah, sorry, Jane. I love you, sweetie, but. What a total bitch you are being. Just really, really leaping at the opportunity to sink your teeth into into old Richard. And 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 the way that that she sort of co- coerced him into burying his wife under a different name <laughs> so that the business can thrive and still go on as if business as usual. Maybe it shouldn't. Maybe the business shouldn't just go on as business as usual. Maybe it should have that big funeral. Maybe you know. Maybe I I I don't know. But she just like. And how can she presume that she knows what Mackenzie Hart wants? Yeah, you've worked there it's for what like, she would have wanted. You've really, worked there a few days, and he can see straight through you too. He's like, whoa, keep your fucking pants on, Jane. <laughs> you little hungry she's so hungry for it it's 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 bitchy so you're she's the bitch of the week okay guys so you let us know was it brooke's dad or is jane mancini the bitch of this week go to facebook go to twitter Twitter, yep and, and, Instagram. and Instagram. Go to any of those three. You can weigh in. Let us know. And if you think that somebody else deserved the title, tell us too. Let us know. Now, this episode was called Post-Mortem Madness. Let's rename it. Okay. I'm going to go with 
Blind ambition. Blind ambition. Hmm. I like it. Because Allison is, her ambition is to win Billy back by being blind. (laughs) Blind ambition. Mine is picking up the pieces. Hmm. Just cleaning it up. Starting fresh. It was going to be a... Something about like roomies, <laughs> the Mandan Sid, but I decided let's nah, pick it, pick it up the pieces. Nice. So prediction time, Jenny. What do you think is going to happen? Allison is going to begin to regain her sight, but pretend she's still blind, so people will feel sorry for her. I think Jane becomes the head of Mackenzie Hart like tomorrow. Like the next the next episode, she'll be running the place and ordering everybody around. Uh, I think that the low life is going to get really old for Brooke really fast. And she's going to leave Billy like next episode as well. Uh, I think that Sid and Amanda are not going to make great roommates together. And Matt is somehow going to put the murder on Paul and get out of jail. That's probably going to be a longer story arc. And then lastly, I think it's going to be revealed that Kimberly is playing the system. She remembers everything about trying to blow people up. And she's just pretending like she's not to avoid a prison sentence. Okay. Um, I disagree with you. I think that Amanda and Sydney are going to be excellent roommates. I think Amanda is going to teach Sydney how to be a uh, like boss, hmm. and that'll that'll help Sydney somehow start her new venture. Um, I think that Jane and and uh, Richard are gonna. It's it's just Chris Marchette 2.0. Something's going to be wrong with mm-hmm. Rich, with Richard. And then Jane's going to have to take over the business or something like that. Or something weird's going to happen there. Um, yeah, Matt's going to be the side story for several more episodes mm-hmm. about murder. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to say. Because... Yeah, Kimberly can't go away for murder, so she has to go away for crazy. And then she has to be, she has, like, Peter is going to be the one to, like, rehabilitate her. And you know what? I think the only saving grace for her is that the cause of death for Mackenzie Hart was a heart attack, mm-hmm. as opposed to being, being caused directly by, like, an explosion. Yeah. Like, I think that that was purposefully put in there to be like, oh, well, she had a heart attack at that moment. So it's very hard to correlate she and didn't prove. She kill everybody. Yeah, it's hard to prove that, like, would she have had the heart attack if had the explosion not happened? You can't know. Yeah. And I think, I wonder if Brooke is going to, like, cheat. Mm. She's going to, like, get... She's got that cheating streak. She was with that one dude before Billy. Tried to jump his bones in the bathroom. Jerking him off at the table. (laughs) Walking in the bathroom. Take me, Billy. I won't ask again. (laughs) Relax, sweetheart. Jeez. Um, Yeah, Allison's gonna ham up this blind thing. Billy's going to. He's going to be her caregiver. (laughs) You think so? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why she's going to cheat. Billy's going to be Allison's and, caregiver. Yeah, and They're going to fall back in love. Yeah. But there's going to be a, a hiccup because he's going to be like, wait a second. Allison, hand me the remote. And then, like, she's going to, like, fake, like, oh, I don't know where to. <laughs> and, like, he's going to realize that. You she... can see, can't you? Yeah, you can see this whole time. I hate <laughs> Something like that's going to happen. Can't wait for that. <laughs> uh, not sure about Michael yet. He's, I don't and know. And what the heck is Peter planning <laughs> with Kimberly? He he needs her in some way. Somehow, some way. Well, time only will time tell. will tell. We'll have to continue watching, guys. We will. And we want to... Thank you and read our new reviews. Yay! We got some new reviews on Apple Podcasts. Um, we encourage anyone who likes the podcast to leave a review because it's fun to read. So <laughs> this one is by Destiny and it's entitled, They Got That Melrose Magic. Oh, This podcast is so much fun. Listen in as Dan and Jenny Hill take you by the funny bone and lead you down memory lane where the hair was helmeted, the, <laughs> the doctors were dirty, and no one batted an eyelash if you slept with everyone in your apartment building. That's right. It's Melrose Place. If you were a fan of the 90s night, nighttime, I thought it said nightmare, the 90s nighttime drama, or even if you just want to listen to a funny podcast, this is one not to miss. Dan and Jenny are a hilarious and talented pair that deliver episode after episode when they lovingly poke fun at Melrose Place and they follow up with fun segments like Bitch of the Week, 90s Moments, and Lessons Learned. No joke, this podcast has brightened many a long drive home from work for me, so I hope they keep coming. Dan's Melrose Place character impressions are spot on, Jenny's laugh is contagious and heartwarming. So what can I say? Unlike the occasional work assignment that Allison Parker turns in at D&D, this ain't no slipshod podcast. <laughs> Five stars. Oh, thank you so much, Destiny. Yeah, That's thanks. so sweet. Such a kind review. And then we got another one. It was posted on our Facebook group because it was um, from England. And we don't see those because it's stupid. Um, so here, you want to read that one, Jay? Here you go. <clears throat> Graham posted this one, but it is from user Christian1701, who says, it's not what it looks like. Mm. Um, Christian says, I was a major Melrose fan back in the day, so reliving the excitement and intrigue of 4616 Melrose week by week is great. So many memories. A great pair of hosts having a lot of fun revisiting the best 90s soap with redheads and wigs. Thank you so much, Christian. We really appreciate that. Yeah, And thanks, thank you, man. Graham, for posting that. Yeah, thank you. Um, so much activity over the, the past few weeks in our Facebook group. If you're not in that, you should definitely get in. Heather Locklear is going to remain hospitalized. It's pretty serious. 
which is not good. So mm-hmm. we're all looking out for her. And we're pulling for her. We want her to get through this. Yeah, that's not not a not a good situation there. My girl Christina posted a photo of of Allison, aka. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. What's her name? Um, Courtney Thorne Smith. Hello. Um, apparently she was on LA Law and she played a Laker girl. So um much better hair, she says. Uh that's very fun to see. <laughs> Glenn posted a photo of Paul's dead wife with the candlestick. Oh yeah. And there's a quote from her that um she says I was on Melrose Place as Matt's lover's wife, and I think it was probably my worst acting ever because I got killed, and I don't know if I had too much coffee or what, but I couldn't keep my eyes from fluttering when they did the close-up of me dead on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great tidbit. Um, Gene also says that um, he's very thankful, or I'm sorry, she's very thankful for Dan's Beatle version of Peter Burns. Nice. He does look like a beetle. Mike said that he was upset that we didn't mention that Patrick Muldoon was the infamous Jeff who broke up Zach and Kelly on Saved by the Bell. I didn't know that. You know what, guys? I never watched. Well, no, I'm getting that mixed up with 90210. You watched Saved by the Bell. I watched Saved by the Bell. Sorry. Yeah. Strike that from the record, Dan. A lot of people ask us where... (laughs) Where the episodes were, so yeah. Thank you for hanging in with us, guys. Oh, Amanda, she started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning, and um, in a couple shots, they use um, the front of Melrose Place. It's a famous so building. Four six one six is also in in Buffy. Maybe the universes are connected, and that's why Kimberly is the crow. Oh, that's that's what it is. That's definitely what it is. But um yeah, man. Yeah, we really appreciate all that you do for us here over at Melrose Place and thanks for listening. Um let's see. We got a new patron. Yay! Dean, thank you for being our patron and um we just I want to thank Everyone who is a patron of ours, Amanda, Kat, Charlie, Daniel, Dean, Eileen, Gaspacho, Julie, Kevin, Kristen, Michelle, uh, my so-called whatever, Nikki, Scott, Shelly, Tara, Tiffany, and Zach. You guys are the best. You are killing it, and we so appreciate your support. We could not do this without you. Thanks for sticking with us, man. And if... You want to listen to my other podcast? Feel free to do so. It's a Dan and Cody podcast. It's Cody with a K. My other podcast, Idiots for <laughs> Idioms for Idiots, is coming out soon. You're going to do another <laughs> podcast. Dan has to basically beg I'm not me editing to do it. this podcast. I will not edit it. You got to edit that one. All right, guys. Well, we love smut. And we love you. We love you.